0: The Riley County Police Department held a town hall meeting last night to inform citizens about their crime reduction plan. RCPD Director Brian Pete hosted the event, spoke about future goals he has for the department.
1: My hope is that we're able to find some type of grants that will allow us to add more officers on the street. The problem with that is those grants typically say, well, the first year or two, we'll pay for it 100%, but then we kind of wean you off, and now you have to roll that into your budget. So we have to be very careful with how we budget things going forward.
0: Among the topics, Pete spoke about his five-year plan, new license-reading cameras that are going to be implemented in the city, along with crime statistics from 2023. The final of the three town halls hosted by RCPD will be held tonight at 6 o'clock at the Ogden Community Center. Geary County schools have received notification from the U.S. Department of Defense Office of Local Defense Community Cooperation that a grant has been approved that pays 80% of expansion costs at the new Morris Hill Elementary School on Fort Riley. The new school actually opened in August, enabling the closure of an aged nearby elementary school. Superintendent Reginald Eggleston says the expansion project will provide Morris Hill with a student capacity equivalent to two former schools. When we
1: finish that building will house up to 590 students so at the end of this year we will be able to fully open that facility and increase the number of students that's in there. It's right under 300 students now. The
0: grant announcement uh, ensures the project will be completed in time for the start of the upcoming school year in August. The Kansas Supreme Court released an order on Monday to reinstate electronic filing requirements in the state's district courts. The order will take effect today, requiring attorneys and other e-filing users to electronically file in cases that exist in the Kansas Court's e-filing system, except for appeals to the Court of Appeals or the Supreme Court. That order also requires all new cases to be initiated through the e-filing system, except appeals that are made to the Court of Appeals or Supreme Court. Since regaining access to the Kansas e-Court case management system in mid-December, district courts in the state have been updating it with new cases and documents filed on paper following the October 12th cyber attack. So far, courts in 42 counties have finished their updates to case management systems with new cases and paper filings made while the system was offline. Clay County has completed its work here locally. Riley, Geary, and Pottawatomie counties continue their work. Critics say a bill terminating a special education task force and replacing it with a new task force controlled by state legislators is a bad decision. Republican State Representative Christy Williams of Augusta chairs the House K-12 Budget Committee and says she had the bill drafted in a way that will guarantee termination of the Special Education Task Force, noting the Replacement Task Force would assume those responsibilities as the state looks to reshape the public education funding formula.
1: We're responsible. We take the votes. We're the one that the school districts sue when they say that they haven't uh, gotten enough money. And it is the, the Kansas Supreme Court that put the responsibility on us.
0: The new task force would comprise of 11 voting members, and the bill would grant Republican lawmakers the power to appoint six of those 11 voting members and control of the panel's chairman. Two members chosen by the Senate president and House Speaker must also be parents of K-12 students. State Board of Education member Ann Ma of Topeka says school finance experts and others should be at the table with legislators on reshaping the school funding formula.
1: You can eliminate the SPED task force in favor of a less qualified team, or you can do what's best for Kansas kids And keep the SPED task force in place so that we have a plan that is both equitable and adequate for all our special needs kids.
0: If the bill goes through, the new task force would be appointed by September and it would have less than three years to come up with potential formula changes to be implemented no later than 2027. Fort Riley is hosting a career fair aimed at helping soldiers transitioning out of the military. Organized by the Transition Assistance Program, the Hiring Our Heroes Skill Bridge Exploration Fair is open to transitioning service members, veterans, and their spouses and caregivers of wounded warriors. It'll include about 50 participating employers and tools to assist with different career skills. Transition Services Manager Deb Schelke. They'll
1: be talking about how to go into a career skills program, which was basically led for soldiers, and the, the could be the veterans and their wives and stuff like that. But I want to make sure that they know that they they'll be a panel they'll talk to them the people that get them to ask questions and then next thing they'll do is go off into the job fair
0: the event starts at 1 p.m. Thursday at Riley's Conference Center The Manhattan Community Health Foundation, Ascension Via Christi and other healthcare providers and nonprofit organizations are working together to bring a dispensary of hope to the community The foundation has established a goal of $50,000 to bring the charitable pharmaceutical organization to Manhattan that'll be tasked with dispensing to low-income chronically ill patients Funds raised at the Foundation's upcoming annual Crystal Gala will support the effort. Pharmacy Director Kevin Omi. So that's kind of what we're using the gala for, is to try to raise some funds, one for the initial startup, uh, getting everything that we need, computer system and all of that that's necessary to get the pharmacy up and running, but also there is an annual fee that we have to pay to the dispensary of hope to participate in this program. A dispensary of hope is a charitable medication distributor which collects unused medications from pharmaceutical companies and distributes them to low-income families and safety net clinics. The last day to RSVP for the gala is this Friday. The Crystal Gala will be held at 6.30 p.m. February 24th at the K-State Alumni Center.
1: Good morning. I'm Troy Coverdale with your sports headlines at News Radio KMAN as K Man's morning news continues. Jalen Moore tallied 23, Javian McCullum added 21, and 23rd ranked Oklahoma pulled away from K State down the stretch last night for a 73 53 win at Bramlage. The Wildcats had rallied to within nine early in the second half, but a 12 1 run iced it for the Sooners. Who had built their lead in the first half behind a K State scoreless stretch of more than eight minutes? I mean, even though we hadn't scored, it was nine nothing or seven nothing, whatever, into media. Thought we were playing with good energy and we got good looks and we didn't turn the ball over. So, I mean, that was the positive. And like normally in the first media, we usually have three turnovers. You know, we're talking about, God, I got to get shot up, but we were actually getting shots up. So. Tyler Perry led with 23 for the Wildcats, but leading scorers Cam Carter and Arthur Kaluma won a combined three of 20. Coach Jerome Tang says, despite a third straight loss, this is not the time to panic. We're four and four in the best league in America, right? And I've said from the very beginning of the year, like when this whole thing, like you get nine wins in this league, you go into the NCAA tournament. Nothing has changed for us. Right, it's just the order in which things happen. Sometimes people make a bigger deal out of it than needs to be. K-State will visit Oklahoma State on Saturday at one on News Radio KMAN and 101.5 Rock. Hunter Dickinson and KJ Adams each had 16 last night as number eight KU beat Oklahoma State 83-54. TCU had five players score in double figures, led by and Tennyson's 23 in an 85-78 win over Texas Tech. Two more games on tap tonight in conference play with Cincinnati visiting West Virginia, Baylor traveling to UCF. Now at number two in both the AP Top 25 and Coaches Poll, the K-State women's basketball team tries to run its Big 12 mark to 10-0 tonight when it visits Oklahoma. The Wildcats have rolled off 14 straight wins going into the matchup, including a 74-57 win over the Sooners, 3 weeks ago at Bramlage that decision is the only loss the Sooners have suffered in league play as they've won four straight since. the highlight of that stretch a 91-87 win over then number 10 Texas in Austin coverage at 5:30 tonight on News Radio KMAN and Sunny 102.5 the tip off is just after 6 Last night's high school basketball action in the area in boys play Blue Valley Randolph down Frankfurt 59-48. The Junction City boys over Blue Valley Northwest 60-53 and Hanover dropped Valley Heights 55-45. Girls action, Frankfurt downing Blue Valley Randolph 55-30. Hayden over Junction City 71-20. Hanover defeats Valley Heights 59-37 and Reno County clips Flint Hills Christian 36-30. The Big 12's first-ever 16-team football schedule was announced Tuesday, setting up K-State to open the conference slate in Provo against BYU September 21st. The Cats will play their Big 12 home opener against Oklahoma State the following weekend before a bye ahead of trips to Colorado and West Virginia on back-to-back weeks. The annual Sunflower Showdown moves to October 26th this year at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Then the month of November will include two home and two away. A matchup at Houston, home games with Arizona State and Cincinnati, then a trip to Iowa State to close the season November 30th. The Cats will open their season August 31st with UT Martin visiting, followed by a road trip to Tulane and a Friday or Saturday date against Arizona in Manhattan. In conjunction with the conference schedule being announced yesterday, Kansas officials confirmed each of their home games will be played off campus while redevelopment of Booth Memorial Stadium is underway. The four Big 12 games the Jayhawks are on the docket to play will be contested at Arrowhead. Their non-conference games will go to Children's Mercy Park. The plan is for Kansas to be back in Booth Memorial in time for the 2025 season. The costs of nearly $450 million already, there's an expectation that it could be near $500 million for the renovation of the stadium before the end of this year. The Kansas City Royals made official their signing of utility man Adam Frazier yesterday, a four and a half million dollar one-year contract that includes an option for 2025, with a $2.5 million buyout as well. Frazier will make an even $2 million this season as part of the deal. The 32-year-old spent last year with the American League East champion Orioles, where he batted 240 with career highs of 13 homers and 60 runs driven in. Meanwhile, the Royals shipped off infielder and outfielder Samad Taylor to the Mariners yesterday for a player to be named later, or for cash. Taylor made his Major League debut last season, appearing in 31 games for the Royals. He had flourished at AAA Omaha beforehand, batting 302 with 23 doubles, 55 runs driven in, and stole 43 bases. K-State women's basketball tonight, the Cats and Oklahoma. Coverage begins at 5.30 following the game.